What is up, podcast? Welcome back to another episode of Paradise on Fire. It feels like it's been a long fucking time since we recorded one of these, because it kind of has, I guess. We pre-recorded a few, and then we were on the road traveling, or I was. Melissa and Ian have been into the danger zone of Tampa, Florida. That is hell, so we'll get to hear all about that today. But as normal, we're going to start off with our peach and pit. And the man who needs no introduction, finally on the podcast, since day one, the number one most requested guest that everyone has wanted to be on, Mr. Ian Valier himself. Thanks for having me, guys. It's a a joy to finally be here, so. So, yeah, we finally got him on. We're going to start with our peach and pit. Most of Ian, you guys can start. Do you know what this is? Nope. Ian's never listened to the podcast, by the way. (laughs) Fair enough, neither have I. (laughs) But like, to be honest, I don't think I would listen if you had yours, because it's kind of like everything you already know anyways. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you, a peach is like your good part of the week. The pit is the worst part. Okay. Well, they're one and the same for me. (laughs) No, come on. I I won New York Pro and I won New York Pro. It's the two the best and the worst thing that happened this week. I feel like we had a a much worse pit today than... Yeah, of course. Yeah, like in the whole scheme yeah, of yeah. things. Sure. Okay. So yeah, my peach is obviously I won the New York Pro. Um, you know, that's definitely the the highlight for sure. Um, but like as I said, it was also you know there's some down lights that go with that as well that we can talk about obviously. But um, and I guess the pit is that we call it? the peach in the pit. Yeah, it's wrong, but it, it's right. Okay. But it still yeah. works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be like the pit is like what grows the peach? It's like. The birth, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, but good things can come from bad things. Well, not from Chloe dying. No, that's not <laughs> and then the, the pit is then my first pet, my cat Chloe. She's like the first pet I ever had. She's not even that old for a cat, I guess. She'd be eleven a bit. Um, she wasn't doing too hot like the week before we went to Tampa for the New York Pro. She was like some serious, noticeable weight loss. I mean, she can't weigh more than two pounds right now. <laughs> If that, and like for an 11 year old cat, like she weighs, like she feels like a skeleton with fur. Like she's just bone. There's no tissue to her whatsoever. And it happened very, very quickly. And we all kind of noticed at the same time, like Dylan and I, and I was like, what the hell? She's really skinny. And then she just really wasn't eating, wasn't drinking, wasn't going to the bathroom. She still seems in good spirits even now. Like, you know, she's still purring and wants to rub on you and stuff like that. But I mean, she takes one little bite of food and walks away and wants to sleep. And I mean, her legs are weak. Even when she tries to walk, she's kind of stumbly and, you know, on slippery floors, she can't like support her like legs going outwards under her and stuff. So, <clears throat> so we brought her to the vet uh, before we went to Tampa. Um, and it didn't seem like anything super duper serious. Okay. Well, we, we brought her to the vet or Fiona brought her to the vet, my mother-in-law, the morning that, that we, were, we were leaving, like an hour before us driving to the airport. Yeah. And, um, I don't know if maybe because we were away and Ian was competing that we got kind of the like the light version of what was going on. To keep me on track, you know? Yeah, Yeah, right? And we, I mean, we thought that she was having like some kidney issues, but like it could be fixed with diet. Fixed with diet and all these things. Like she was kind of eating more. And then we got home yesterday. And I like felt her and I'm like, she's so much smaller and she was really not eating food and even her face, like she looks pretty haggard. So I called this morning. We got her in again this morning and they like, yeah, I kind of knew when I sent her in there, but they were just, the ladies just like, yeah, like we can feel now that she's this thin, you can feel some kind of mass, mass in her abdomen. And it's like, you know, she's like, you can keep right. We can do ultrasounds and x-rays and all this. And I was like, well, is that going to 
potentially change the outcome of this and she's like no yeah she's but that at, was just like no this is she, the end she's, of she's like this is she's at an end of life point so it's like you know you could have this for just to know and that kind of stuff and what it is exactly but uh, she's like at the end of the day it's not really gonna change anything so i was like okay so so we scheduled and we'll uh we'll put her down tomorrow which sucks it also sucks because i can't go because i'm quarantined and can't leave the house so my mom has to take her so i can't even be there which is kind of unfortunate i mean i guess i don't really want to be there for that moment but you kind of want to be there for i feel like for the way you were talking earlier you like want to be there for the cast yeah Yeah. you're like i feel like i want to be because chloe like loves ian to death that's like (laughs) they're like like you know like she's very bond sorry i don't want to make you cry no no that's fine but um yeah it'll it'll be it'll be hard to say goodbye tomorrow though yeah but i mean it's it's better now than like letting it go more weeks and just seeing her like get more sick and more shitty so yeah she's still she's still like she's still hockey right now at least so and she's not in any pain. No, 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 no. So, so yeah, that's the pit, I suppose. Yeah. One of the pits. One of the pits. Yeah. All right. My stuff's the same, obviously. <laughs> I feel like I've spent every waking minute with Ian for the last week and a bit. Week and a bit. Yeah. And. Uh, and the next two weeks. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> and the next, next two weeks. weeks. In the next two weeks, yeah. Yeah, you're stuck. You're, real, with, you're yeah. stuck with me. <laughs> no, it's more like you're stuck with me because I was already being at home all the time. You're now home from work, stuck <laughs> in my element. So it's you stuck with me, not me stuck oh, with you. Oh yeah, I might go crazy. I don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> this is not out of my norm. This is out of yours. So it's you stuck with me. I know. I needed a break from work though, so I'm kind of like happy, but I'm sure that won't last very long. Yeah, two three days, you'll be going stir crazy and wanting to yeah to go out, but you can't. Sorry. No. You're stuck here with me and the puppies. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'll go. Uh, I would say my pit this week is I I swear I'm just feeling I think because we talk about it more the, that we always are getting so old and whatever. Like I just woke up one morning with like a pinched nerve in my back this week. So uh, I just I feel like every time I think about it or say something, I like figure like a week later or something, I just jinx myself. So it started like in my lower side back and then now it's moved into like my trap. So I feel like it's been so much more worse to like, like you can't turn or something when you're like driving yeah. and stuff. So I'm kind of just waiting for that to like subside a little bit, but uh, you're not definitely... even old. How old are you? 28. Oh, you're old. I thought you were Christopher's age. No, I'm old. I thought he was my age. <laughs> I didn't know he was old. I'm old. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would definitely say the peach this week is, uh, besides obviously in, in the New York Pro, would be uh, football's coming back this week. So kind of excited for that to start up. And uh, I'm a Dolphins fan, so we usually suck every year. because <laughs> it was a Dolphins fan. <laughs> <laughs> One of 40. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm clearly not a front runner fan, but uh, no Dolphins fan. My dad had uh, gone to college, in quotes, in Florida when he was younger and he told his parents he was going to college in Florida and he ended up becoming a Dolphins fan but he actually never went to college he just went there for the beach and told them he was in college <laughs> what a so, beauty. Beauty move. yeah he got he got caught because I think he was like I think he went to his grandparents or something and they like got into his car and they noticed there was like sand in his passenger seat and they're like where would you be going if you keep saying you're going to school so he's really going to the beach every day yeah. and not school so yeah that's how I'm a Dolphins fan <laughs> uh mine i my peach is probably that i'm finally back up to 260 pounds which i haven't been in a long fucking time yes. is that like, heavy 
Is that, is that heavy? For, for me, it is. Her perspective is so funny. <laughs> I don't, like, I don't heavy? Like 30 pounds so over my stage weight limit. So for me, that's perfect. And I'm still pretty lean. So yeah. I'm like just excited to be that. I mean, like, a couple more weeks in prep and I feel like I can put on more weight in that time. So my peaches are finally hitting that number on the scale, which I really wanted. And pit, I don't really have one. My days are so fucking monotonous that it's like. Maybe that's your pit. Yeah. But I enjoy it. Oh, well, monotonous it, sounds like negative to me. Yeah, routine. Just like neutral. Level. Oh, yeah. be, but because of that, you hit 260. Yeah, they're very, I'm just very routine right now. Yes. Okay, so you're on point right now. Yeah. yeah. As you should be 14 weeks out from the Olympia. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Are you know. just saying that because Ian's here right now? <laughs> no, actually. It is. I went to Pizza Hut last night. <laughs> finally got over two. <laughs> finally got over 260 with six pizzas and ice cream bar. What <laughs> <laughs> happened to my weight though? Because I haven't done you know at all. Last time I went was sushi in like Vancouver. I know you. Like last week. I know you right now, and I feel like you're not eating anything that's not clean because you're like. I mean, Ian even said this the other day. He's like, I feel like Christopher's like with like your, do I call it a disease? Autoimmune, yeah. Yeah, with your autoimmune, like you're just like way more. Diligent. Yeah. Yeah, which is like, listen, it's shit, but maybe it's gonna. Silver linings in some aspect. Yeah. yeah. A little bit. When I when I eat one thing bad, my knuckles swell the next day. I'm like, okay, yeah. no sodium for a week. Yeah. Like, it makes you fearful of it. Yeah. Yeah. You're fearful of that, and you don't even have autoimmune disease. Well, I'm fearful post-show. Yeah. But that's all, always because of, like, when you're doing, like, diuretics and water, stuff like that, you always get Yeah, but he still did no diuretics this show. And I used he, none, and, and I was, was still like, like, I don't want to eat. The next day, he was like, oh, I'm, I'm watery. I'm but like, I'm not. are you watery? And he was like, no, actually not at all. And I was like... That was the one benefit of how we, we did it this show, is, like, I felt the exact same, like, day of, day before, day after. I never felt any different. You know, yeah. never had any weird rebound from anything I ate. I didn't feel weird from flying or eating garbage. I mean, after the first day, I was lighter the second day eating, remember? Mm-hmm. When we weighed myself. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, why don't we did, talk about that? You, yeah. Did you literally, I'm actually curious about this, but I haven't really talked to you. Everyone's always like, oh, stuff's going well during peak week. Don't change anything. Like, did you like to the literal amount, like how much water you drank, everything? Like. Yeah. Right, right to the day of show, I drank water as if it was like, drink as much as you want, when you want. I mean, the days before I was like intentionally trying to get a little more down, you know, because when you're, when you're pushing the food you want to have and the pushing the sodium, you want to have the, the water to support that, you know. So I was probably drinking seven to eight liters a day, starting like Wednesday, Thursday. So like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I drank, yeah, seven to nine liters. I mean, somewhere in that ballpark. And then the day of the show, like, cause I competed at what, probably one o'clock in the afternoon, one thirty. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Early, one, one thirty. I mean, I probably had drank like three or four liters already by that time of day. I mean, I was just drinking water as if it was like, I was eating a meal. I had a bottle of water. I drank water. You know, it's like, if I needed to get food down, I drank it. If I was thirsty, I drank it. If I peed and stuff came out, I drank to replace it. You know, it was just like, anything that went out came in a little more and yeah my food we kept completely high right through my sodium was high right through and we used zero diuretics whatsoever yeah did you pretty much keep it the same flag from the week before like i remember i think you saw the the interview with rx where i think you said something they kept yeah no i mean like we we came down a little bit like on sunday we flew sunday monday tuesday we came down a little just because like you don't want to start pumping in carbs when there's not like space for it you know yeah. so like but like it was never like crazy low i mean like you know 
150, 175, 200 gram kind of carb range. Um, you know, especially for the day of flying and stuff like that. Uh, and then the one day after the Wednesday too. It was, he was calling it his like moderate day. Yeah. Just like it was a day I'd already utilized in prep. That was like the medium day. And we just like used that as kind of like a, a slight, not depletion. Cause I was already in somewhat of a, a kind of depleted flattened state. Um, so we just did that to like kind of keep things dry while we were flying and make sure that we were primed, ready to put carbs in on Thursday. And then Thursday, Friday, we went pretty hard on the carbs. Pretty hard. I mean, I've gone harder, but it was pretty hard. I mean, I probably had. I mean, his meals were 200 grams of raw rice. Yeah. So I mean, I probably had like 900 to a thousand, 800 to a thousand on the Thursday and the same, exact same on Friday. Yeah. We literally pa- copied, the copied the diet. Like I didn't even change food. Thursday to Friday was the exact same, same water, same sodium. Everything was the exact same. And then Friday it was, or Saturday morning was almost the exact same. Just protein was a little lower. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got in like three ish meals before stage, two big ones and one small one. Mm-hmm. And then I drank a bunch of vodka before I went on stage. <laughs> How much? Patrick didn't tell me to do that, but Melissa recommended it, and I'm very happy I did it. Yeah, we just went to the bar and like I got like a Dixie cup, just like completely full of vodka. And I just when I was backstage, Patrick makes me eat this like it's like a mashed white potatoes with mashed banana with jam and salt, almond butter, almond did butter and salt that? all mashed together. It's really good. It's like this like this monster mash stuff that we it kind of looks like baby food looks like baby food but it's really good you have like fats simple sugars complex carbs like everything kind of all in there together and salt so it's like i would take a bite of that or whatever you know and then i would just like chase it like wash it down with a little bit of vodka you know <laughs> that's fucking disgusting right, just straight like it literally okay. looked like i just had a cup of water so we i said it the night before because i was like or it was the day before. I'm like, yeah. this is a great idea for you. You know what I mean? And I was like, just kind of like, yeah, let's do it. But like, I'm always say yes to these things, but I'm never like, do you it, always you know? say this. And then the time comes and you're too scared to well, do it. Mess with the plan, yeah. And the night before I was looking, I couldn't even find a liquor store anywhere, which is weird, but everywhere just sold like wine and beer. Yeah. And then the next day we walked into the Marriott and, I, and he, he said it. He's like, like, oh, the bar's, oh, the bar's there. Should you go get me my vodka? And I just like, <laughs> walked right outside and I was like can I have a quad shot of Tito's please and they were like what so just like in a cup no <laughs> ice like, just nothing. a quad shot and they were like we only have cups this big and I was like fill, it. fill her up <laughs> well, it literally just looked like I was carrying a clear Dixie cup full of water around I was just like carrying around like sipping it like I was sipping water I mean, and- the first I gave it to him when I walked back in and he like like huffed it like I thought he was like a gonna- third of it yeah but it. still I was like that you know that tastes like garbage, right? Like, it and it was warm. There was no ice in it. It wasn't from the fridge. No, they had, he had put it in a sh- oh, no, the that second was the one. second time. Yeah, he shook it in a shaker with ice, and that one was good. The second day, I mean, for finals. Sorry. Warm or cold liquor going down with food is fucking. You try and chafe liquor with food, you just taste it more, and the food tastes. Uh, bad. It wasn't bad. I mean, oh. it wasn't at this at the point. Like I felt like I had a purpose to it, so it was yeah. like it just felt good. Like with each sip I was drinking, I just felt like nice and warm and relaxed like every sip and the, the more relaxed I felt the more I wanted to drink because I was like oh this is a good feeling for stage like the more relaxed I feel I need more of this you know it's gonna come out one day just completely pissed and be like <laughs> but like every little bit I took I just felt like that like warm relaxation I was like oh, okay one more sip you know one more sip <laughs> so I mean it's like it, it's not like I was limiting water really at this point too so I wasn't worried about like the fluid intake by any any means so I figured it was it was kind of like your natural diuretic doing that. 
Yeah, exactly. So, so I was gonna like it was it was. I mean, there wasn't enough, I think, to actually have that effect. Well, I mean, I went and peed. Remember? Yeah. Yeah, but you were you were pissing like a yeah. racehorse yeah. for the whole three days. Like it was. Yeah. So was it purely just to calm you down, and feel better? Yeah, really. Yeah. There was no other science behind it, but like, I this wasn't like Melissa being it. like prep coach, like it'll dry you out or something. It was like, just relax you, you know, make your posing a little more smooth and not think things through so much. And it did its, it did its job very I mean, well. To be honest, I, I snuck backstage for the better part of prejudging. <laughs> the entire prejudging, yeah. And uh, he was like, he was so relaxed. It was funny too, like when she snuck back there, we just kept passing the buck to everyone. Cause like you had to have a bracelet to go back there and like, a guy would come up and be like, you have a bracelet? And I'd be like, oh, like this guy said she could be back there. And then like 10 minutes later, that guy would come up and be like, oh, do you have a bracelet? And I'd be like, oh, Tim Gardner said we could be back here. And then Tim would say, I'd be like, oh, well, Steve Weinberger said we could be back here. <laughs> and then eventually Tim comes up right before I'm going to go on stage. He's like, yeah, I talked to Tim uh, to Steve on the phone. Sorry, you can't be back here. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm sorry. He's like, I know. It's like, blah, blah, blah. He was super nice about it. He was like apologetic. He's like, I know we want to be able to keep you back I here. I was but... so scared. I was shitting. No, he was hands. chill. And he was, after I got off stage, he came and like, you know, congratulated me on how much better I looked from Tampa. Yes, yes. And that like, I looked really good. And my tan was really good. And he said it was, what you know, one of the more impressive like changes in that time frame you'd ever seen. And mm-hmm. um, he wasn't like, and Melissa was backstage again at this point. Isn't like, he didn't be like, hey, <laughs> here, you know, he didn't like kick her out again. It was like, whatever, you know. So at that point, yeah, it was fine. But I mean, it's, I understand it gets a lot, especially with the Corona going on. And when you have like everyone's bringing their fucking buddy down backstage. Well, and, and to be fair, I tried to get a backstage pass, but I didn't know you had to have an NPC card to get a backstage yeah. pass. Oh, really? Yeah. So, yeah, I, was, so I like, was like, I'm Canadian though. Like, I don't like, why, why would I buy an NPC pro. Yeah. And they were like, well, you buy an NPC card to buy coaches passes. And I was like, Oh, so then like, yeah, the, co- the NBC cards, $130 us and then a hundred dollars us for the coaching or yeah. backstage pass. We're like, so it's like $300 Canadian to get her well, backstage. And like, I had already bought tickets. And she'd already bought tickets too. But it's like you said, if you just act like you belong, no one says yeah. anything. Exactly. Yeah. Her, listen, I worked for the perfect amount of time. Cause yeah. I was, I was there until he went on for comparison. When I went on. And then comparison started and I went, just ran into the crowd and watched from the, the audience. Yeah. And I feel like it was beneficial for me being there. Oh yeah, for sure. You were feeding me and helped me pump up and everything. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it was good. But that's like, I always heard like, uh, I think Kevin Lavroni or I think Ronnie, he always tells a story where the, I think he, Ronnie went to Kevin's like, Kevin hotel room. Him, when Kevin was always beating him and like, yeah and like what are you doing kevin's like you know man just you got to drink this blah blah and he's like oh no i can't drink that like blah blah blah, you know and then kevin's like no man just do it you know chill you out and then it's like the story that from there on you know ronnie beat everybody you know yeah yeah Yeah, i mean it's not it's not about the drinking vodka it's that ronnie stopped like worrying so much and relaxed and like you know just like had fun and did his thing and then he started dominating everyone that's that point of the story i think the story is a bit more of like a a telltale like analogy than yeah. it is like reality. I mean, I'm sure this is a situation that happened where they did drink vodka in his room, but it's like Ronnie probably lost that show the next day. And then maybe won like a show, like four shows later. And then yeah. like, you know, lost that Olympia, won the Olympia the next year. And like, it's like, it was probably like spread over time. But when you're telling it 20, 30 years later, it's like, it's condensed, you know, mm-hmm. but do you think it was all within a week when it was like within six months, you know, mm-hmm. but do you think yourself taking the vodka now, like you see, like just the difference of being able to relax you, like just utilizing it for that purpose. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think it, it definitely served the purpose that we we had it for, you know? I mean, do I think it, like, turned the tides of me, like, if I hadn't drank it, I would have been second or third or fourth or something? Obviously not, but, um, you know, I think it definitely made me feel more relaxed and more confident and, like, 
just kept my mind off of like the gravity of the situation more, you know, um, and the quality of the guys that were in the show and really just like maybe focus kind of on my own, my own shit and like not really so much on everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. That heightens your personal experience of the day at least. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Was it weird going to, uh, I guess, Tampa after the previous Tampa pro like for New York? Uh, I mean, no, not at all. I mean, it was in a different venue, so it didn't feel like I was in the exact same okay. place. Okay. Um, it was in the venue that Melissa actually won the show in in 2018. So it was like, kind of like good vibes there, you know? Um, and the area was really nice. And I mean, I, you know, I looked at it more of like, like a, a chance for redemption Tampa than anything. Cause it was like, you know, I knew the area, I knew where the grocery stores were. I knew how to get around. Like I, I like Tampa. I've never been to New York pro. Um, so it was an area I was familiar with. And even though I didn't do, I mean, even though I didn't look good there, I still did well, but even though I didn't look good at Tampa pro, um, you know, I still enjoyed the area and like, you know, kind of got to know the space well. And I did it in 2019 as well. So it was just a, a comfort level that was there. And then going back now with Melissa, where she's competed, this venue kind of added to that. Um, you know, we had a really nice Airbnb. Everything was really close. Um, you know, and I knew it would be a lot of the same judges. And then I knew that I'd taken a lot of their feedback and really applied it well, um, you know, on posing and tan and a lot of these things like that and, and the look at the fullness. So, um, you know, I was really looking forward to, to, showing, that. to showing that and them seeing the changes, um, you know, that they had requested and that I had implemented, you know, which I think is a, a lot that contributed to my win as well. Um, you know, is taking their feedback and their critiques and, and, and applying them properly. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, it was, it was a great week. I mean, it was relaxing. I mean, we had a lot of fun before the show. I mean, there was no stress. I stayed off Instagram the entire time before the show. I didn't even look at it once until from Tuesday when we landed all the way till after the show, mm -hmm. you know, didn't really pay attention to anything like that. We just mm -hmm. chilled and relaxed and I played some Game Boy and we ate food. And I mean, it was just kind of an overall really good relaxing weekend, you know? When I, I kind of, I texted Mel when you guys were flying out there. Like you could tell from like, I just think like your facial expression when she did like you on the plane together, you could just tell your face was just like relaxed yeah. and you were calm and you could see yeah. like that different kind of yeah, attitude. This is a had. weird thing. And it's, it's my, my mom even said this or was it my dad? I can't it remember. Dad. My dad about like how I seem to do way better in harder shows when there's more than just like one direct competitor, like all the shows where, like where it was like me and John De La Rosa in Toronto Pro or me and Hunter. It's like a very like two-man battle. I seem to really like get in my head about like the, the directness of it. Um, you know, when it's bigger shows like the Vancouver Pro or the Olympia um, or this show here, <clears throat> you know, or Indie Pro, like where there's star-studded lineups, like I just really tend to not overthink the situation quite so much. You know, I just like go in there like, hoping for the best. I don't think so directly about like one specific person versus myself. Um, you when, know, you do I, that, when you do that, are you like picking like a specific pose and you're like, Oh, if mine doesn't match up with his or mine's better than his, do you think that's something that gets in your head when you start picking a person apart? Oh my God. Yeah. I look at like everything. I try and break it down like exactly. And sometimes I'll already have placed myself in the show before it's happened, you know, like, especially with like a, with Hunter before, I mean, like I knew I looked really good, like a week out, two weeks out. And then once I started to get there, I was like, shit, maybe I don't look that great. And then he was posting really awesome photos. And I was like, okay, well, you know, his front double looks better than mine, but my front lap might be better, but oh, his front side chest looks really good. And then I was like, shit, he's beating me in four of seven. I'm only beating him three of seven. It's like, and then I'd like already defeated myself before I even got on stage, you know, um, where this show, like I literally didn't even think about it. I didn't, I didn't even think about who was doing the show once. Like I didn't even contemplate that, you know? 
like the guys that were doing it. I was like, you know, I know I had in my mind, I knew that John was doing it. And John was the only guy in that lineup that had beaten me. Um, you said Max. I'd never compete against Max. Though. No, I know. But you said that you were, I mean, you said Max might win the show. Oh, I said that Max is, yeah, definitely the, the a, a top guy. Um, and that he's, he can be very dangerous. But, um, you know, John was only one that it was like, I'd compete against directly. And he had beaten me the one time we compete against each other. So that was only one in my mind that was like, I would really like to beat John. Um, you know, just to kind of have that, like, I don't want to use the word vengeance, but just like that redemption from that Toronto pro vindication, vindication. That's the good word. Um, so he was really the only one that I like had any thought about really, I guess. And then obviously, you know, then there's like the, <laughs> he starts so loud. I'm going to put him down. Um, you know, and then there's obviously like the, the Canadian ego of it with like, you know, having Antoine there and Quentin there and guys like that, that are other Canadian guys that are talked about, you know, being really good Canadian guys as well, which they are excellent bodybuilders. And I want to really solidify my name as like the best Canadian bodybuilder, you know? Um, so, I mean, you know, there, there was certain thoughts of things I want to accomplish, but I, it was never like such a direct thing of like comparing myself with Hunter, myself with John. Like it was like, it was just like, these are some goals I would like to accomplish. And, you know, I need to just show up at my best. And I wasn't like overthinking it really far past that, you know? And I think it goes back to like uh, your 18 Olympia. Like you kind of like went in there, you're like, I mean, I know it's a different level from going from, I mean, New York <laughs> is a big show, but like to yeah. Olympia, I mean, you kind of went in there, it just was in your head, you had no expectations. You're just None. like, I'm going to go up there. I'm going to do my thing. And, and, and that's that how was it was at this yeah. show. I mean, I, I knew that for this show to qualify for the Olympia, really, I only had to place in the top five. I mean, if, yeah. if I even came fifth here, I would have got five points. That would have put me at 13, which would have put me in first place in points by three whole points. So I mean, I probably would have qualified. It wouldn't have really mattered, even if I was fifth. Um, and I was extremely confident that I would be in the top five. I mean, you know, I didn't really have any doubts. I've been in some of the best lineups in the last two years. I mean, pretty much all the best lineups, you know, the ones with Hottie and Nathan and, you know, all these crazy Vancouver pros and Steve Kuklo at Indy. And I mean, I've been in all of them and I've never placed outside fourth. Um, so I was a completely confident, um, you know, that I would, I would be in the top five. So I really just had no expectations going in. I was just like, you know, go in, get my top five. Anything more than that is gravy. Um, you know, and then the biggest thing in my mind was just looking way better than I looked at Tampa, you know? Um, and that was like, that was really what my primary focus on was just like making sure that I like just completely blew Tampa out of the water so that people didn't think that like Tampa was even a remote true representation of what I'm capable of, which I knew it wasn't. And I displayed that in spades in, in this show, you know? So um, those are really the, the two biggest thoughts in my mind. Yeah. But I mean, it was just a so much lower stress environment. I mean, it was, you know, I wasn't going in there with like, I have to win or it's, you know, I'm screwed or everyone's going to think I'm a disappointment or, you know, I'd kind of got that out of the way in Tampa. And then this one was really just like a clean slate to like improve on and, and just, you know, get things done. Right. Yeah. yeah. You think learning from this, like clearly the biggest changes you made from the last few shows were mental a lot yeah you didn't put on 20 pounds of muscle in two weeks even if you look like it yeah it was just like you were chilled out like you said no pressure you relaxed everything came from it like melissa being there same venue less or more competitors not one direct whatever going forward if you do have another show that's like is a high pressure more stressed like do you know how you're gonna try and overcome that in your own mind yeah it's a good question i mean uh you know, obviously when I'm presented with that challenge, it's going to be something that I'm going to have to definitely work through. I mean, you know, this, the situation, you know, I think I have improved my mental state a lot in, in these shows. 
Um, but I mean, it's still going to be something that I'm going to need to, to work through and be very mindful of. Um, you know, I, I think I definitely learned my lesson on not doing this alone, even though it may be an individual sport when it comes down to it. I'm certainly not like taking for granted the aspect that a team has within it, you know, so having Melissa there did play a, a, a massive role in, you know, keeping my mental state kind of together. Right. So, I mean, you know, going forward, I probably wouldn't do a show unless I could have someone with me like that to kind of keep me together. Cause it's just like really not worth it for like how much of a detriment it could potentially have on me. And, you know, obviously best case scenario is I could go to a show alone and, and work through it and, you know, there could be just me and one other guy and it'd be that whole situation like Hunter again, and I could work through that. Um, but which is a process that I eventually would like to get to. But I think next step would be to have another situation like that there, have Melissa with me, be able to work through that and kind of go in steps, you know. So, um, you know, that would be the next process and the challenge that I'm, you know, I, I look forward to having it and, and, you know, overcoming for sure. I mean, I think there's other things that can be done before something like that happens, though. What do you mean? like practice needs to be done to break cognitive patterns oh yeah of course yeah. and like i don't know if like we didn't really have the time to do that over the last what four weeks mm -hmm. but like it it happened like a hundred percent he has changed the way that he like doesn't spiral in terms of his cognition when he gets worried or anxious well, I, I just learned like a lot especially after tampa like the things that really really like trigger you triggered me you know the things like the staying off the social media so much and you know the paying attention to, you know, the comparisons online and the, the you know, the pre-show uh, predictions. predictions and all these kind of things and just like focusing on myself, you know? So I think, um, you know, that's a big thing for me is just like kind of keeping my nose out of like what I can't control, you know? Um, like all these things, people are completely entitled, entitled to their predictions and their, you know, opinions and all these things. Uh, and I, I can't change that other than by showing up at 100%. Um, and, and, and proving to them that I, I can change it, you know? So, I mean, I think that's really what it comes down to. And I mean, that's was one of the most rewarding things from New York here is that I think a lot of people had really counted me out after Tampa, um, you know, and thought that I had regressed. And I mean, and even in my own mind, I had moments where I thought I had obviously as well. Um, you know, so to kind of come in here, just like quiet under the radar, not like stir the pot or, you know, make any bold claims that I was going to come in, win the show, or I was going to look a thousand times better, anything like this, you know, I just like kind of came in, did my thing, focused on myself, um, you know, and I, I silenced them with the stage. I mean, that was really it. Right. So, I mean, I, I showed up better than Tampa. I won the show. And I mean, there's not really much else you can say other, other than that. I mean, you know, obviously, like we said at the beginning, I mean, there's been some down pitfalls to this as well that, I mean, you know, with any big show like that comes controversy, especially when you have a lot of big name athletes in it that, you know, have huge followings and, you know, have very, um, what's the word? Like passionate fan I bases. Like you should keep talking about the good before you start talking about this though. Well, I was going to say something good, but okay. Yeah. You, you go then. You know, like yeah. I still want to like talk about like how you felt when like they called Justin's name second. And, like, oh, okay. Yeah, if we want to get into that. Cause like once we start talking about that, I feel like it's just going to yeah, be yeah. like about sure. that. Yeah. We can get into that. You know, yeah. leave it Melissa. You should master quiet. You know all the you know all the deep secrets and everything. Delete uh, it. I mean, I don't I don't know how I I mean no, I asked you how you felt and you didn't really know. I don't really know. 
I mean, like Chris knows he's been in that situation. It's like, I was going to say, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you, don't, you don't know. You're just like, ah, okay. Like, you know, it's like when you hear, it's a one millisecond of immense relief followed by like a bit of like, I don't really know what to feel. You know, that's what it was. When I heard Justin's number called before mine, it was like this huge, like, like weight off my shoulders, like immense, immense sense of like relief and like weight off my back. And then it was just like, now I don't know what to do. You know, <laughs> that was really what it was. I'm like, I don't know how to feel. I don't know how to act. I don't really know. Like, do I cry? Do I like drop to one knee and be like, oh my God, you know, like, I, I don't really know how to feel about it. I mean, you know, it's, um, you know, it was obviously, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the highlight of my bodybuilding career and probably will be for quite some time. I mean, you know, there's not other than winning the Arnold or the Olympia, there's not really any things above that, you know, and I don't think and in the super foreseeable future, I'll be winning an Arnold and an Olympia. So, I mean, for me, this could be the, the highlight for a while, you know, so it's, you know, obviously goals will be adjusted and stuff like that. I mean, you know, like I'll set other goals of, you know, placing at the Olympia or stuff like that. That'll be new things to strive for. But, um, but yeah, it was like kind of a moment of like, whoa, what now? You did know? you, did you believe that you were going to win after I said that you were going to win after prejudging? After prejudging, I was like almost hundred percent confident I was going to win. I mean, I had, I had the doubts slip in my mind a little bit when I saw them moving Justin in. Uh, but then I like, I thought to myself uh, in finals, this is in finals. Uh, but then I thought to myself, I'm like, you know, even if Justin beats me tonight, I know I beat him by at least one placing in the morning and I don't think it'll be enough. Yeah. It, and which is really exactly what transpired. I mean, even if Justin had beat me at night um, with a perfect score, say if he'd got a perfect three, he had an eight in the morning, I think. So he would have had an 11 I would have ended up with a nine. So I still would have beaten him. Yeah. So it wouldn't have changed the outcome humongously um you know actually not at all but i mean it was uh yeah i mean it was a weird it set, has it set in like now now that it's kind of like died down a little bit you kind of back home yeah i mean well this is the conversation where yeah it, that's where it needs to go into another part of the conversation but you can go ahead just i mean i feel like it's a bit dulled right now because of the bullshit that's been happening yeah i mean and like i was just saying before we just changed the pace a little bit there it was like you know obviously with any big show like this with big name competitors with passionate fan bases there's going to be a little bit of you know disagreement after the fact I mean like going back to Chris's obviously faces you know firsthand as well um you know and it's it's unfortunate that I let myself kind of fall victim to it and I, I you know obviously looking back now I would have just tried to kind of just disregard it all and just let it like fluff, you know, fluff up into the distance. Um, you know, and I did engage some of it, which, you know, I mean, it's, I'm not perfect, but. He's talking about people thinking that he shouldn't have won. People think I should have won. Yeah. yeah. Which I mean, there's always going to be, I mean, it's like, especially with show this big with that many big names, you know? Um, and and there was, was a fair amount of underdogs too. What do you there mean? Was, there was a fair amount of people who like, I feel like haven't, like Hassan Mustafa hasn't really put yeah. himself anywhere. John maybe has a few times, but like doesn't always play for well. Justin doesn't always play for well. It's like a lot of amazing bodybuilders who all showed up, peaked perfectly, all looked their best, and were kind of underdogs. Yeah. And everybody is really excited for their underdog to win. And if mm -hmm. someone's been following Justin or John or Hassan and they're like, this is the best they've ever looked, they should win. 
that's all you look at. That's all you see. Well, and you're going to get people yeah, that also right. like want different things out of bodybuilding. I mean, you're going to get guys yeah. that are going to say, you know, Hassan was the biggest. He should win. You're going to get guys that say Max Charles was the leanest. He should win. You're going to say that Justin, um, you know, was, was, the I mean, sharpest oh, from the, the sharpest back. from the back, you know, he was definitely the best from the back. You're going to have guys that say that, you know, Patrick Moore had That's the best nice shape. Um, you know, I mean, there, there's going to be someone that says everything about it. And I think what it came down to, which is, we just discussed on Fuad show was that I was just like the middle of everything. I was just like an 85, 90% of everything where, you know, there'd be guys like, um, you know, Hassan, which was like humongous, but then his condition from the back was, was pretty weak or, you know, from the front in his quads or, you know, you'd have someone like Max Charles that's super peeled through his abs and his chest, but uh, his quads are definitely lacking, you know, detail and separation. He's not as hard from the back as he is from the front or John De La Rosa's conditioning wasn't great. And even though his shape is great and Justin, you know, even though he's incredible in some poses, his stomach always kind of has like a little bit of like, dis not even distension, but like pop, odd shape. pop to it. That doesn't look super appealing in some poses where I just had the least amount of things wrong. I was dominant in a few poses, but not as dominant as some guys were over me in some poses. I mean, Justin was definitely better in the back shots than I was over him in the side shots. But when you took it as an entirety across, you ended up with me. It was like guys had highs and lows, you know, nine out of tens and six out of tens. And I just had like a strong 8.5 right through the middle, you know? So then you ended up with me and I, I completely agree with the decision. I mean, if, if Justin had won two, um, you know, obviously I think I deserved the win, but I, I definitely wouldn't have had an issue looking at that back, you know, Justin to beat me at the night show. Um, I think that would have been more than fair. Um, but I think for anyone else, you know, to make a case, it's, uh, you're, you're just, you know, you're really getting into like tit for tat on that then, you know, it's like, you know, it's, it's, you know, what, what are you looking for conditioning for size? I mean, it's like, you, you have to look for the culmination of everything, which is what kind of ended up at me. And I mean, I think a lot of the knock I got as well was because a lot of the initial pictures that came out were very low res photos. Um, and I'm not like trying to like make excuses here. I won the show, so I don't feel like I need to justify myself whatsoever. Um, but just to give people some context, I mean, when, when photos come out, the light, the lightest guy is going to look the worst in photos, especially low definition photos, guys with darker skin, like Max, uh, or Justin, you're going to have more detail shine through when there's lower quality photos where lighter guys are going to get a more washy look and lose more detail in low res photos. That's just the way it is. Um, when high definition photos come out and you see like on my profile, when I posted a couple of collages of it, it tells a very different tale. Um, you know, and, and, and guys can say, well, yeah, like, you know, Ian's chest is weak. It's like, okay, Ian's chest is weak, but then Max's legs are weak or, you know, John's conditioning was bad. Or it's like, I mean, everyone's going to have something. None of us were perfect. We were all very good, but no one was perfect. And I was just the least unperfect, you know? And that's really what it weak, But his legs are four of Max's legs put together. Exactly. <laughs> like, and that's what it comes it's down also to. also like, I understand, I totally understand that like some people have like more of a taper or like a more sure. bubbly chest. But like when I was sitting in the crowd and I was looking head to toe at everybody, it was just like, he was big, Ian was big everywhere. You know what I mean? And to be honest, you can say from the side that you weren't like that much better than everyone. You were, every time anyone turned to the side, it was just like, it was nothing, you know? I have more width in my legs. I have a smaller Maybe waistline. Maybe it was the size of the legs. I, have, I don't know. I, I have a tighter waistline. I mean, my conditioning and my chest isn't displayed as flat from my side poses as it is through like my front double. I mean, the only shot you can really make a knock on my chest on is really my front double. Um, in my front lat, which is probably my most dominant pose now. 
Um, it was at this show. It was at this show. So, yeah. I mean, my chest can't be, my chest can't be that weak if three of my best poses are my side tricep, my side chest, and my front lat. So it's like, yeah, in my front double, it's it's terrible. I'll say that for sure. Yeah, but, but you also weren't posing like I know. No, you but wait, can. but even though you can say oh, a guy with a flat chest and blah blah blah, it's like okay, on the front double, but it's not just the chest. If you're gonna say that, well, yeah, Max Charles's chest is better than mine on the front double. But what are you gonna take? A flat chest or no separation in quads? And if you're gonna pick one or the other, I mean you're looking at it as like piece by piece. And when you look at it as an entirety, I think the legs and the deeper separation and the more, you know, sweep to the legs and the better conditioning I had through my legs are going to outweigh him having a drastically better chest than me, you know? So, I mean, like, yeah, it, it might look apparent at first and someone notices the chest first, but when you're looking at it from a judging perspective, you have to look at the, the entire picture of it. And I mean, even though his shot might be better than mine in a lot of ways, mine is also better than his in a lot of ways, you know? Yeah, and, we don't need to talk about that. Yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm playing like the comparison game here, which is, is irrelevant, but... Um, I mean, I think people just don't, people don't realize that, like you said, the quality of a camera or the video or the live stream, like it's totally different when you're watching that. Like anyone who's ever complained about someone winning or anything else, they've never actually been to a show live and watched it in person. Like yeah. it's completely different. Like... I mean, you go and watch and, and someone I had, from... I had very few people. I, actually, I had really none that were in person when I got off stage after prejudging that didn't think that I had won. Every person when I walked through the hallways <coughs> con congratulated me, said that I had it in the bag. It wasn't like, oh, it's close or, oh, I think Matt, like, it's like, you know, I think John or, it's, you know, people thought that I was as dominant as I was in prejudging. I won by a perfect score for a reason. The judges saw it. The people that were there for the most part saw it. I mean, yeah, there's going to be people that, you know, had clients in the show. Like Aceto's obviously going to want Patrick to win. Milos is going to want Max Charles to win. I mean, I, I understand that. I mean, and I completely, I would want my guy to win too. And I, you know, you should be passionate as a coach and have your clients back and, and support them right to the end and think that they should win. Absolutely. Um, and you know, unless they shouldn't have won, then you should tell them they shouldn't have won. Yeah, I think no, there are I a lot of fucking that. bitter coaches who are afraid to tell their clients and afraid to admit themselves maybe that they shouldn't have won. But this is when I think about like me and you and him coaching us. There's been shows where like maybe I personally think I should have won. I've never said that on social media and you have never said it to me. Yeah. Like Ian would not look at me as his like wife and client after doing a show and been like, you should have won that show. Like it's, it's not constructive, which you should, which you wouldn't either. I mean, you told me straight after Tampa that Hunter beat me. I mean, and then he deserved to, which he absolutely did. I mean, he was the better man that day. He deserved to win. He, he did. And it was rightfully so. And I don't feel that that was the case whatsoever with anyone other than Justin at the night show at this, in this instance. I just don't understand the lack of like constructive thinking and like behavior. Yeah. And I think a lot of what I saw over the last two days, which like I've never really, I, I experienced it with you a bit after the Olympia with Brayon, and that was like really fucking annoying. But to be honest, you you didn't seem phased by it. I don't know if you actually I mean, were. Sorry to interject, but I mean, and this goes back to like, Chris lost to Brayon the previous two years before that. We said nothing. I never posted comparisons of abs and thighs next to Chris or Chris posing abs and thighs or side chests or front doubles or front lat from the pose down of him next to Brown where he's clearly dominating him. 
to try and gain favor. I mean, it's at that point, it's done. What? But what? That's do you, the thing. It's not constructive. It's not constructive. What do I we mean? Do? I I did say something each day the day after the Olympia, and I said. Brion beat me because he was better than me, and I was going to beat him next year. I was going to exactly. come back to the next year. And Which then, is constructive. And then yeah. what, we, what did we do? We went back to for 364 days and tried to be better for the next year. And that's all you can do. Yeah. So you know? it's, it's hard for me to kind of like understand what's going on with this. Like, I don't really, I honestly don't really care about people on social media. And I also mm-hmm. think like people, social media especially will see him react to something and then it'll snowball and people will start like baiting him because they know you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so that's bullshit to me but when I see like other coaches like that happened after the Olympia other coaches coaches were doing it here I'm just like you are a professional like this is not this is a very it's just strange and and we were having this conversation on food too and and there's a vast difference between look and i understand that this is a sport based on critique okay i completely understand that and i'm not naive to that and i think that critique is a very important part but there's there's a difference when you're intentionally trying to bring down someone to elevate someone else so i mean in the case of this i mean what she's referring to is obviously milos bringing me down with max max plays fifth i was first um you know, and, and using a bunch of comparison photos after the show to try and gain favor from social media or whoever. I don't really understand the purpose of it, as we're saying. You know, he said to just let people make their own opinion, but you're, you're clearly trying to force your opinion on people. Um, and I, I just don't really understand the point of that. I mean, it's, you know, when you're trying to dictate the narrative, I mean, you're really controlling it because it's your social media. And I mean, he can say, well, I just picked the first photos. It's like, okay, well, how about you post the photos that I give you? And then we'll see if people agree with you, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's- Or how about you just not? Or just leave it. Pictures pictures, of your own post view. pictures of Matt, Max looking awesome, you know, just by himself, which is what we all do after, you know, we take pictures of Chris after the Olympia in his best shots that he looked killer in and we post them. And yeah, is there going to be people that say Chris should have won? Absolutely. If you post pictures of Max Solo, are people going to say Max should have won? Absolutely. And that's completely fine. I have no problem with that. I think that your fans should support you and your fans, you know, if they believe you should have won and they think that you look the best, they should absolutely support you on social media. I think that's a, a big point of social media is support like that. But like what I was saying, when you're using it as a tool to bring someone down to elevate someone else, that's just pointless. And it's just, it's, it's, disrespectful and it's demeaning and I, I just don't really understand the point of it. And I mean, it was really upsetting for me to see, especially for Milos, because that's something that I, I really idolize and really respect his opinion when I felt that he was bringing me down intentionally to bring Max up and to gain favor from people because it's like, hey, look at my fifth place guy looks better than the first place guy. You know, the judging is crap. Um, and for one, people don't forget, I didn't judge the show. Um, I had no influence in the judging. I don't judge the we show. We didn't buy anybody a Rolex. We didn't buy anybody a Rolex. I had zero influence on the judging whatsoever. We're I like have the least political people. I have the least yeah. political people. You, you had New Yorkers in the, the show. Five. I wasn't from New York. I'm not American. I had just come off a very poor showing in Tampa. There was a million reasons for the judges to shit on me. Okay. I mean, there was no reason for them to give me a gift. You know, and people could say, oh, because Ian looked sad. And, you know, he was, you know, <laughs> sad because of Tampa. But it's like... <laughs> You think, you think Sandy and Tyler Mann and these judges give a flying fuck if I'm sad? Like, everyone's going to be sad. You think Phil Heath wasn't sad when they gave him second place after winning seven straight? He was fucking devastated. But you did what you thought was right. They thought what was right was having me win, which I agree with. And a lot of other people agreed with. And every other judge on that panel agreed with. So, I mean, 
you know, it's, it's just at the end of the day, like, you know, I, I'm all for people supporting their athletes and trying to elevate them. But when you're elevating them through the process of demeaning and degrading someone else, that starts to become an issue for me. And I think it's, you know, but if you notice, but if you notice any all of those aspects, in all other aspects of life, if ever you sell for someone needs to bring someone else down to bring someone else up instead of just being able to bring yourself up, it's just yeah. weak people who are sad in their life and yeah. to have nothing else to do. And they are not happy with themselves. The only way they can feel better is bring other people down, and it's kind of a sad reality. At the end of the day, that person's a hell of a lot more sad than they're making, than they're trying to make you feel. Yeah, I mean, and, and the one other thing that was very upsetting is, I mean, he had said himself after I got off stage and prejudging that, I, I mean, he came up to us backstage and said that the full look that I was bringing here was way better and that I looked really great. And then when I got off stage, he said that he had me winning uh, after prejudging, and, and and whether you know after the fact, if he wants to say. Well, I had you winning based off the callouts, not that I meant you deserve to win. Milos? I mean, you can. You, Who is this? Milos, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, he did the prejudging wrap up and said that he had me winning. Um, you know, and then obviously he's tooting a different horn after the fact. And, you know, he's saying that he thought based off the callouts that I was going to win, that I, not that I deserve to win. Um, but, you know, when you kind of share a sincere moment of saying that, you know, I, you thought that I was winning and, you know, shake my hand and like this, you know, after the show and, um, you know, kind of be nice like that, then to go right the minute after your guy doesn't place well, um, you know, and post pictures of me that aren't putting me in the best light to try and elevate your client and, and gain favor. Um, you know, it's just, it's kind of shady in my opinion, you know, but if you notice a lot of the guys, the coaches that do that, like they gas their own client, uh, the athlete up and, you know, they don't have them in their own head to go back to work the next day, you know? So like you said, no. you guys both have that constructive criticism between the three of you guys. I mean, Prime example, sorry to interrupt, is, is Justin Rodriguez was the closest here. If anyone should be the most upset, it is Justin. He's never placed that well in the show, especially a lineup like this. He was so close, and there is an absolutely excellent case for making for Justin winning in the show. Justin, after the show, came up to me. He congratulated me. He asked me to take a picture with him and his son. After the show, he never once posted a picture of me and him comparing each other. You know, just side by side, where he might have looked a little better, because I mean, there's certainly yeah, shots. Yeah, but who, his his coach is AJ Sims. Yeah, but I'm saying I, I'm saying no, AJ I, aside, AJ would never do that either. But a younger coach, a very yeah. a younger no, of coach. Of course, I was gonna make a comment about that room. Amazing family. I love AJ. Him yeah. and his wife, so nice, always respectful, always and constructive. Constructive, yeah. It's very, it's very different. And the and the, and they and, and and as well as Justin, he came up and asked for me in a picture with him and his son. You know, I took a picture with him and his son together. He was super nice. He messaged me after the fact, so nice. said congratulations. He posted pictures of himself after the show where he looked excellent. And are there going to be people on that that said he should have won? Absolutely, as there should be. Mm -hmm. um, but did he ever try to bring me down to gain favor? Not once. Mm -hmm. Did AJ ever try to put pictures of me and uh, Justin together to gain favor for his client? Not once. Did John De La Rose ever do that? Not once. Did Hassan Mustafa do that? Not once. No one other else did that. So, uh, you know, and those were guys that were closer to placing towards me than anyone, especially Justin, you know, and Justin was, what are Justin and, and, and AJ Sims going to do? They're going to be improved and they're going to go to Chicago and he's going to qualify for the Olympia. Instead of sitting there moping about, about how he, the judging was unfair or that he got overlooked. They're going to make sure that they're better. He's going to get feedback from the judges say, Hey, why did he beat me? This is why Ian beat you. Okay. You know, my stomach needs to be controlled a little better. We'll work on that very hard for the next six weeks. And they'll go and they'll try and win Chicago Pro. 
That's what you do. That is what bodybuilding is. That's what we do every show. That's what Chris has done. That's what Melissa's done. That's what I've done. That's what every successful bodybuilder that actually improves show to show does. They take the criticism, they take the critique, and they try and improve upon it and utilize that towards the next show. And the judges see that. I asked Tyler for feedback after Tampa. He said, make your tan better. You're flat as a pancake. It looks shitty and fix your posing on a bunch of poses. I did exactly that. My posing was way better. My tan was way better. And I was like 10 pounds fuller. So I was rewarded for that. And obviously it's a comparison to the other guys. So I still had to be better than them. But I mean, I was better than them. And I also gave them what they were looking for based off the feedback I had received. And that's what bodybuilding needs to be. I mean, it needs to be taking the critique, the constructive critique and constructive criticism and applying it to your next show. That's all you can do. By trying to degrade someone else, you're accomplishing nothing. So, I mean, you know, I had immense respect for all the other guys, you know, that took one on the chin after, you know, especially Justin, you know, very, very close loss. Um, can make a great case for Justin winning, um, you know, and Justin will go on to the next show and he'll be better of it. And I mean, and Justin, you know, whether he wins shows or not, he usually ends up at the Olympia because he perseveres and he shows up and he tries to get a little better every time. And he's done, since he's been with AJ, he's been a whole lot better. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I have immense respect for that. You know, I, it's a, a, something I would do myself and that I would expect of my clients and, and my fan, friends and family and athletes. And he's doing the same and I, I respect it tremendously. So, I mean, even on your point there when I asked you at the beginning like what you if another opportunity comes up where it is high pressure and you're nervous like what are you going to do one of the first things you said before our little rant was learn from my mistakes mm -hmm. and that's like the only like you were keep saying that's like the only mindset of someone who's a champion who's going to keep moving up keep getting better and long-term succeed like I'll yeah. tell it right now Brian in like two weeks ago made a video and I saw, yeah. talking about the Olympia and all he said is like they're not, if he doesn't win, it's because they don't let him win. And he was bringing me down. Yes. Nothing about what he needs to change or what no, he not needs that to he's going to be better, that he's going to improve, that everything okay, out of his control. This is excuse right now. He's like, if they let me win, then maybe let I'll win. But like, because weak points, he sucks. It's nothing in his own control. Well, and it's funny because when you look, when you look back to the history, if people ask you this in interviews, what did you always say? You said, I've been working on my back, I've been working on my arms, you know. Yeah. Things that I was already beating on brand, I'm going to try and make as good as I can. And the things I was losing, I'm going to try and close the gap on. That's what you do. You don't just say if they let me win. I mean, Brian, yeah, you lost for a reason. You need to take the judge's feedback. Yeah. What was the feedback he got? I have no idea. Okay. You know, better, you know, midsection control. I have, I, I don't really know. I have no, no, I have no idea. Okay. Whatever it was, take that and apply it. You're clearly capable of winning in Olympia. He's beaten you twice. If he was not so egocentric to take the criticism and not think that he, it's he, only if you own, that. that he deserved it, it's only if they let him win and takes the criticism uh, and critique and applies it, maybe he does stand a chance to win again. But with that mindset, you don't stand a chance to win again. Where Chris will be working to to widen the gap that he's now already created, you know, because he has created the gap now because he beat you, and he's going to be working on his back and his arms and his things that were still things that he was losing to you on. And he's going to widen that gap. And, and that's where the reality is, where you're going to be like, I was already good enough to beat Chris last year. It was just a shit decision. You know, if they let me win this year, well, okay, well, everyone else is going to be working to widen the gap and you're going to be sitting in the exact same place. So, I mean, that's just a piss poor mindset and that's not how well, any of us operate. That's growth mindset versus whatever. I don't know what the other thing is. It's like growth versus stagnant. And like growth, you're constant, you're focusing on things that you can control and that you can get better. When you're stuck, 
all you're thinking about is all these external factors like so and so the judges letting me win or like the judges letting him win because of politics or i don't i don't understand whatever people say or like all these things like if you're if you're not going to recognize the difference between the shift in your brain and your mindset and move to the growth like you probably will end up failing over and over and over again mm -hmm. i mean this is one thing all it says to me about Hippobrion and the people against Ian and shit is to me it seems like they're scared. They're yeah. like they they don't feel like there's something they can do to beat you. So they need to find something else, bring you down and other excuses and shit because they're making excuses in advance, like, oh they're not gonna let me win. So when I when I do lose in the future, which I'm already thinking I am, I can say, Well, I told you they weren't gonna let me win. Yeah, because in their but, mind they're already as good as they can get. They hit the mark, they're at hundred percent, they still lost. They're perfect, yeah. you know. And that's the mindset that is never gonna lead you to success. I mean, there's all we can all always be better. Every single one of us, whether you're Phil Heath or Flex Lewis or Chris or anybody, you can all still be better. There's all something we can improve on, you know? There's literally anything. You know, I mean, Flex Lewis could have a better chest. Chris could have better arms or back. Phil could control his midsection better. I mean, everybody's going to have something, you know? Um, it's just, you know, it's, it's just taking those things and applying them. And that's really what it comes down to, you know? And it's, uh, it's sad that people really, you know, resort to that. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's, uh, it shows when the stage time comes, you know? Yeah. And I would say it comes from social media and shit, but I feel like it was worse in the past because it seems to be a lot of the older, the older guys like that. And uh, you didn't want to get into it because you were like, didn't want to be that guy talking about yourself, but touching specifically on like cameras and shit, the old people of the nineties were so bitter about bodybuilding right now. Yeah. The difference, like the actual technological difference, the cameras back then they were overshadowed, high contrast and grainy. Yeah. Which makes you look fucking crazy. Crazy for everyone who has an iPhone right now. Next time you take a video of yourself, tap on the screen and slide the brightness down, and it will darken, it and you'll look ten times better. And yeah. that's what those cameras were. Now, MPC photographers are overexposed. New cameras soften everything, and then the difference between someone like even like Hassan, who not nearly conditioned, a little more watery, but has deep cuts in his quads and is big. He looks he looks good in a picture, whereas you can't see the detailed separation in someone like Ian's hamstring. It's not a huge cut, but it's fucking like shaking muscle fibers. Yeah. And then you did, I did see one picture of a Sans hamstring from the back. People were saying he lost, he should have been equally more conditioned and it was just like watery. No, he wasn't nearly as conditioned as me. And I, I, I know that. Yeah. I mean, and, and Hassan, I'm sure, knows that as well. Um, yeah, and I don't think people, Hassan is upset with his, with his position at all. No. He's an awesome guy. He's super grateful to be competing at this level that he is. Um, he, knew, he knows he still needs to improve on certain things. Um, and you know, he had yeah, a lot but, of things go wrong with the show. I mean, he, I know he was having some, some stomach issues and stuff like that. And he was in a lot of pain going into the show. So, I mean, you know, I think he was just grateful to make it to the stage and to be able to get into the U S and I mean, he didn't yeah, have any, Chris was just saying that it's the camera differences. Yeah. Which it is for sure. I mean, you know, and it's, you know, I mean, even like I was saying, remember when I got the newest iPhone 11, I was started taking progress pictures on it. I'm like, I look so much worse on this camera, you know, yeah. so I'm using my older camera that's, you know, less exposure and like all these things. Right. And it's like, I look a hundred times better on it, you know? And then when you, especially with the, the stage cameras, I mean, it's like, you know, when you get these, these, you know, the, the bright lights and the overexposure on it, especially for a lighter skin guy like myself, it just makes me look a hundred times worse, you know? So, I mean, there's always going to be differences there, but I mean, when you're sitting 10 feet away, um, you know, in the judge's pit or in the first couple of rows, I mean, that doesn't lie, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and the scorecards don't lie because that's what the judges saw. And I mean, there's no, 
it's ands or buts about that really you know yeah when you look at like old shows even in the 90s they competed in like opera theaters yeah like they were so dark and so dim now you're like outside with like fucking full lit up building <laughs> yeah. no shadow anywhere just like boom light so like, light, so light. Obviously, you're not going to look quite as freaky in a picture that's just no. bright and soft. Like. I mean, prime example is look at the show I did in Spain. You know, you go look at the pictures from the show I did in Spain. It was like super dark, like high contrast. Like I look like theater? my... What? Was it a theater or... Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you look at like, you know, there's pictures where like, it looks like my eyes are sunk into the back of my head because there's so much shadows on my face. Yeah. When... My conditioning that show wasn't anything better than anything I've, else I've accomplished. It was good, but I mean, remember like a couple days out, I was complaining that I was, I thought I was way behind and I didn't think I was in very good condition. And even until a few hours before stage, I didn't think I was in excellent condition, but then the stage photos and light showed a completely different thing, you know, because it's that crazy contrast and the dim light. I mean, just going stage to stage, it shows an entirely different thing, right? I mean, I looked like I was 300 pounds and hard as nails there when I was like, 243, one of my lightest showings and my conditioning was good, but I mean, it was probably better in, in Vancouver. I'd done a few weeks later. It was probably better in the Olympia a few weeks later. It was definitely better in Tampa last year. It was probably comparable in the show I just did, um, but I was 15 pounds heavier. I mean, you know, so it's the, the lighting makes such a massive difference. And it like, seems like a cop-out, but it's, I mean, it, it, it just, it's not, it's not a cop-out for when you're sitting there watching. That's what I'm saying. It is, it is very, it does affect photos. It does affect photos. And it, and it, it, it just goes to show, I mean, like, if, if you're not seeing something so drastically, if you're like, I cannot understand at all how this guy placed first and this guy was sixth, maybe just take a second to think that there could be other factors influencing what you're looking at here. You know, maybe it could just be these photos. Maybe it could be, Or just know, don't be rude about it. Or just don't be rude about it. But I'm saying, you know, maybe take a minute to do your due diligence and say, hey, I'll go look at Ian's profile. Maybe he has better pictures. Maybe there's some HD video somewhere of the comparisons where when you watch the comparisons on the HD video, it looks completely different than the photos that Milos or some of the other people posted. So, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's just, uh, you know, if, if you, before you really want to shit on someone like that, like make sure you take the time to, you know, check it out on all angles. I mean, I, I, I'll be honest and say that I've definitely looked at pictures of a guy first pictures I saw and said to Melissa like wow he was way off and then you know a couple of days later I saw you know better pictures or different light or something I'm like shit no he was really good you know I mean we've all done it but I also didn't go shit on them on Instagram before I said anything to Melissa or went and found other pictures you know so I just we're not, want we're not Odell, Beckham, Odell Beckham Jr. we don't like to be shit on yeah <laughs> I just I don't know what that means um, <laughs> you know how after you won the olympia and like there was a lot of people saying you shouldn't have yeah did that affect your ability to like celebrate your win no i don't think so see i want to like it affected yours yeah a little bit yeah and i want to know like how he cannot <laughs> I, I can't explain that for yeah. me you just if, don't care. If it had happened in 2018, yeah, then I probably would have been upset or something. But like, I don't know. And I felt like I had been through, I have a lot of focus on me on social media too. I get a lot of in and out and hate and like and everything like that. And I don't trust almost any of it at this point. It was but, also different. Yeah. He had placed it's second. It's not real He had placed you. second to the Olympia two years prior. Yeah. To that. So like he knew he was very close. I was building my way up there. And I knew, I was like, I literally was so close last year. Yeah. And I was like 10 times better than 2018. So I was like, fuck yeah, of course I was. And see, I, I had just come off a terrible showing in Tampa. So then a lot of people had a lot of doubt. And then when I come here a lot better, it's like, 
it's a very different dynamic. You know, it's like people are expecting me to like not even be top five or, you know, fourth, fifth kind of placing. Mm-hmm. And then when I come and win after the, the, the quality of, you know, showing I had in Tampa, it's like very unexpected so that people think it's undeserved, you know? Mm-hmm. So I also uh, didn't look on my, like I posted my own post and I have a very supportive, supportive following myself. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just, that's all I could see. Mm-hmm. Like the first picture I posted got like a hundred thousand likes in like two hours. Like yeah. I didn't see anything other than that. And then yeah. I just didn't go on my phone. Yeah, yeah I mean, and, and when I look at my photos, I mean, I'm getting crazy amounts of likes and the support is there. Um, but, you know, obviously I still get tagged and, you know, the. Ian's like a comment thread reader. Yeah. I, don't and, do like, that. I wish that would just go away. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting better with it, but. Oh, 100%. Because, like, to be honest, if he had probably comment thread read between prejudging and finals, I, I don't I don't know. Maybe it would have been bad. It would have changed my mind. But after he won. And maybe it's also because you win, so you, you want to read good comments. You're, you start looking. When you want to see the good pictures and you want to see the mm-hmm. positive comments. No, I comments understand looking and, yeah. at photos, but like I've never been someone that goes through comments and reads them. Yeah. Unless they're comments on my own photo. Yeah, how, like, quickly, how quickly after did you go to the comments? Not that quickly. Um, I think not, we, we were like at dinner, yeah. I think when he started doing it and then I started getting kind of like frustrated. Cause I was like, not even for me, let's be here right now for you. Because like yeah. this, this moment is very fleeting. Like this, like celebrating the night of the day after, and then you go home, it's very fleeting. And like, right now you need to just be here and like, be proud of yourself and tell the server that you won. Like, you know what I mean? Like this is, and it was, we were sitting like waiting for food and he had, that's when I think he saw the first like bodybuilding post or some page posted it. And it was just like a bunch of. Just a ton of negative comments. Cause negative it was pictures comments. that I just didn't look great yeah. in comparatively. So, I mean, you know, people were saying that it was undeserved, which I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, I shouldn't have bit into it, but I did a little bit and then. Yeah, I mean, also like knowing us, though, I feel like, knowing Ian mainly, I feel like if he had, if Ian had won and thought maybe he should have thought he shouldn't have won and someone was saying that, he'd probably say it. Yeah. <laughs> probably shouldn't say it, but he'd probably make a post or something being like, yeah, I shouldn't have won this show. No, like, and I'm not afraid to. I mean, just like I said here, I mean, I'm not afraid to say that I think Justin in a, in a lot of cases was better than me at night. I'm not afraid to say that. He was not, though. No, I, I'm saying in a lot of cases. I, I, and as a whole, I think I was still better. And I beat him significantly in prejudging. Um, but I'm saying, if if he had beat me, I w- and I'm not afraid to say when someone beats me. I was not. I'm not embarrassed to say that Hunter beat me handily at Tampa. I'm not afraid to say in any other show that you know guys deserve to win. Or you know, I I, I don't have delusions of grandeur when it comes to my bodybuilding career, my physique. I mean, you know, I, I think I can be very objective with it, and sometimes on the verge of pessimistic and, and negative towards it, and thinking that people are better than me that aren't. Yeah. Um, so it almost can swing the other way. Um, and yeah. in, in this show, I don't, I don't feel that way. I feel that I did deserve the win. Um, so, I mean, I, I'd be more than ample to say if I didn't think I deserved it. You know, that, that's, that's kind of my point though. And I was going to feed in into like, like especially coming off a difficult loss that upset you and fucking was like, you didn't look good. And then now you shut up, look so good. So excited for this win, just so proud. And then to like see other people not like, supporting that pride it's like we've all probably had a moment with a partner or someone in our life where we're so proud and excited about something and we tell it to like ian or melissa and they're just like oh cool whatever and you're yeah. immediately just like yeah really it's and it just like ruins it you know like that everyone experiences that in life and that makes it so hard 
when it's something so personal and so close to you and like something that you do believe you should have had and you are proud of it's anyone in the fucking world is going to see other people talking negatively and just be like fuck really like why can't you just let me have this moment be happy for me and like move on and like yeah we've all had that with like i've had that with mom probably you guys courtney what are you you holding oh he always plays with something (laughs) i I thought he was holding a toothbrush no he always plays with like a card or like a piece of do people say this in the comments about this Uh, well they are now because i I pointed it out so i'm always like Flexing, like touching my pack or doing something. <laughs> I'm fidgety. A nervous twitch, yeah. I play with my earrings all the time. That's yeah. what I do. Ian was playing with his... Were you playing with your ring on stage? You were yeah. Doing a lot. Yeah, I was playing with my ring, yeah. Really? It was just like, because I felt like awkward just like standing there, so I just kind of like held my hand, like rotate my ring, yeah. I didn't notice. <laughs> do you think, I got- like, going forward, if you did like a time limit of like, say, I'm not checking social media 48 hours after whatever... Do you think yeah. you would handle it differently if you were to like your home? It's forty-eight hours later, like reading comments late later on. Maybe I don't know. It's something we're trying. I think it would take away the disappointment of. Um, I'd be able to like revel in it a little bit. Yeah, but. he'd still have like moments of happiness, and then you would have that like high still, and then it wouldn't feel as low. Does yeah. that make sense? I mean, because it's just like people are going to say like, oh, don't read in the comments and this and that. But like at the end of the day, everyone's human. Like you're going to yeah. like, it's going to get to you in one way or another, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and I see it. I mean, I'll get tagged in them and you click on one, then it's like, there'll be five others and you read them. And then one of your buddies is commenting on trying to stand up for you. And then it's like, you know, it's like it gets into this like whirlwind and then you like want to like someone says something very incorrect. So then you want to like correct them but then when you correct it you engage them and then they'll say something back and be like oh don't be so sensitive and it's like then just like whirlwinds and you're like oh my god like i wish i never even said anything in the first place you know um i just delete it yeah i mean you can't delete stuff on other people's i don't read other people's yeah but i get tagged in so much shit especially after the show i mean there's so many i've had way too many times where i've read something and it says like i look like a man or i have a man voice or like i have a I don't even know. And I'm just like, I can't read this. Like this actually crushes my confidence. Yeah. And I know it does. I wish I was stronger. So I just don't read anything. Mm-hmm. I would never read a YouTube. I would never, the comments on here, I'm sorry. I would never read because I feel like it's just like, people are mean. Well, I mean, and this is a, like, Dave asked me to come on. They asked me to come on RX Muscle tomorrow. And like, I went and was reading the the post-show analysis thing that Dave did and every single comment was negative about me. I'm like, I don't even want to go on your show now. <laughs> you know, like. Mark Muscle has become toxic though. The comment so section bad. is so, so toxic. So bad, man. They're all their Instagram feed, all their YouTube is just complete. It's become like the 4chan of like, you know, yeah. like the red, like it's just like absolute negative, like nonsense, you know, it's. But don't people like that kind of, especially on the internet? Like, together. I, yeah. I don't know about forums or anything like that, but don't they kind of like, feed off each other and find each other and like, like yeah. chill together. Yeah. Maybe. They find like groups or pages that they like and then they like, it's like a thing. And if, if you let it happen and like Rx Muscle likes having more engagement, so they let it happen. And then yeah. maybe they like start to stir the pot a little bit and post something that they know is going to get more of it and they become known for it. Yeah. It was like, I feel like I had a talk, I have a, kind of some toxic people. Everyone's kind of toxic in my feed and I just used to let it go and it used to happen. But then when I started making jokes about it or calling people out, it started to diminish and started to become a lot more supportive. Yeah, because you would start, you would start, I've heard you say a few times, like, if you're going to do this shit on my stuff, like, you can fuck off. Basically. Exactly, yeah. Because I don't want my page to be about that. 
Yeah. No, like, of course not. That's other like, pages, all they want is engagement, so they don't give a fuck. They're like, please comment more. That's yeah. true. Yeah. <clears throat> no. Yours, your Instagram is very positive. It, yeah, my Instagram is very positive, but I mean, I'm also, like I said, I just get tagged in a bajillion other pages, and then I look at it, which I need to not do, you know, but. Well, on a brighter note, how does it feel to go back to the Olympia? Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'm, that was the thing, like, when it was all done, like, I was like, oh, yes, like, I get to go back there and, like, do that again, you know? And it's like a good plan at Hollywood and everything, like. Yeah. And it's it's cool, like, because this, like, the last time I competed there was when Phil lost, and now Phil's back this year. Flex will be there. Uh, and Brandon trying to defend his title. So, I'm like, I'm, I'm very feel very lucky that I'm, I'm, I've been able to be a part of a lot of history in bodybuilding. You know, I mean, I was there for Phil's first lost in seven Olympias. I mean, I'll be there for having five Mr. Olympias on the same stage in the same night. I mean, you'll have what flex Brandon, Phil Dexter, uh, my, and Sean won't be there, but yeah, I mean, that would be the fifth, but yeah. So four Mr. Olympias all on stage at the same time. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, you know, it could be with flex and Phil. Heath. Yeah. So, I mean, like there's some cool shit like that, you know? Um, and like, let's be serious. Like Ian is a very, very strong-minded person. Like, I feel like you're, I mean, he's already back to work today. Like he's already like planning how he's going to be better. And I feel like you're very fired up for that. Mm -hmm. Like you're like ready to like. Prove myself once again. Yeah. yeah. And again, it goes back to the mindset of how can I become better next? I'm not. Yeah. And, that, and that's the conversations me and Patrick had. I mean, since the show, we've never like sat there and dwelled on like, Oh yeah, like you know, you you did look better than Max. Don't worry about this, or you did look better than John, or you you know, and sitting there looking at the pictures and you know trying to justify the win to ourselves. I mean, it was just like day one. I got home, and then he's like, "You ready to go to work?" I'm like, "Yeah, let's do it." And he's like, "Okay, this is the plan. Sent it." And he's like, "I promise you, we will be better for the Olympia." And I said, "I trust you," and we went went to it, and that's it. You know, what I mean, there's we know we can still be better, um, and we will be better for the Olympia. And I mean, we go there. I mean, especially this year. I mean, I want to be competitive. I want to be in that top eight, top 10, um, you know, and I think after winning the New York pro, I've absolutely proved myself as being, and even Fuad said on his podcast that, I mean, I'm, I'm absolutely solidified myself as a top 10 bodybuilder in the world. And I'll pr prove that once again at this Olympia, you know? So how good does that feel to say you're a top 10 bodybuilder? <laughs> I mean, it'll feel a lot better when I actually do it and get the paycheck and get the, the medal at the Olympia. Um, but I mean, I feel like, I, you know, I won the third most prestigious title in bodybuilding. So, I mean, even if, you know, I'm off that day or whatever, which I won't be, but if I stay by chance, I mean, I still feel that I've earned my stripes and my right to be there. Um, and that, you know, I deserve to be there and, and to battle with those kind of guys. So I look forward to it. Hey. What was that dog? That's <laughs> Peta. That wasn't a French bulldog. That's our new roommate's dog. Oh. <laughs> I, I would let you meet her, but I don't think she listens to me. Kita. Kita, come here. What kind of dog is she? she Come here. She's a husky and a boxer. A husky and a boxer. Come here. Oh. Oh. Sit. Here, look over here. <laughs> Poor oh, dog. God. Nat's going to be like, what the fuck are you doing to my dog? <laughs> she doesn't watch this shit. <laughs> All right. You want to wrap it up then? Anything else you want to touch on? Not me. You? Anything else? I think so. You excited for the Olympia? I'm, I knew that he'd be doing it. Like I did. I didn't know this was how he'd be doing it. And I like, I know how it feels going into 
prep for the Olympia after winning such a big show. And it just like, it makes a really big difference. Yeah. So I'm really excited for him for that. I said the last question I probably have, do you think looking back at it all, you're glad how it all kind of like panned out losing Tampa, winning New York? Oh yeah. I mean, I'm obviously way happier. I mean, it's look, it, it's, it's, it's bits of both. I mean, would I've liked to have won and done it and, and not have that initial bad showing to kind of leave like a sour taste in a lot of people's mouth, including my own. Sure. Um, am I a lot happier that I got the chance the opportunity to now win the New York pro and get the ring and like have that such a prestigious title, uh, you know, to my, what's the word accredited, like, you know, I don't know, whatever on my resume. Um, you know, obviously I'm, yeah, very happy to have that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's bits of both. I mean, you know, I would have loved to win Tampa. Um, but I obviously beat a way, way more star studded lineup. I mean, not that hunters, not that Hunter couldn't have done extremely, extremely well in New York, but there was more depth in New York. Uh, in I'm New York, say, if, if only Hunter had showed up to New York and you beat him there, which you would have looked like that. Yeah, potentially. So, I mean, a little nice. You know, it, yeah, it's. Uh, I also think the mental breakdown. Yeah, I was just, I was just gonna say that. I think it needed to happen. Yeah. Because so. it's if it didn't happen, then it would have happened. Like let's let's be serious. Later. There's not. There's some sort of like mental tenacity that needed you needed to break down for it to be stronger so i'm it's over with now yeah that is literally sitting on the chair across oh the table that's nice right oh, like, what are you looking at he wants to come up you're here. a bad dog come on you're the worst do dog. not do that <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah i mean yeah the, I, at the end of the day yes i'm happy with the way it panned out for sure you know oh there he is he's on the table are you get bring him over? No. Oh. <laughs> yes, you are. Special guest. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Can you hear me? <laughs> Say something, Doug. Hello. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So now we're stuck in the house, and we don't want to kill each other. We don't want to get to the point where we're going to want to kill each other. <laughs> that won't happen. No. It's two weeks, right? Yeah. Do they have someone check in on you guys from time to time? Potentially, yes. Yeah. Don't know. You, no you, you don't know, so you kind of have to assume yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of good, though. I mean, it's good, like, it's just some time to relax. And, you know, I take a, a couple days to relax off training. I mean, I don't want to take time off because, I mean, it's obviously we're right into Olympia prep here. How many we Are we thir four, 14 this past weekend, right, Chris? I think yeah, I think it's fourteen. Perfect twenty sixth is twelve weeks out. Yep. Okay. So yeah. So we're thirteen this coming weekend. No, you're fourteen. Fourteen. This fourteen. Weekend. Yeah, fourteen. We're fifteen on the New York. Yes. Weekend. Yeah. Yes. You're, you're fourteen right now. Like this weekend will be fourteen. Okay. So yeah. Because Christopher, you need to start fatty two hundred and sixty pounds. <laughs> I'm pretty lean right now. I'm not that fat. Yeah, that's tons of time. I'm that kidding. Way. I'm. I got oblique striations in my triceps. I'm not doing so bad. Me too. <laughs> you're, just, you're getting pretty lean though you're the leanest you've been in a while that's for sure yeah aren't you starting prep with me yeah yeah we're all starting prep i'm not you are the leanest <laughs> no, i was gonna say you're almost as lean as me yeah <laughs> seriously i'm gonna go up you guys can go down melissa's you... melissa's doing olympia expo prep 2020 you know <laughs> whole beach 2020 there's no expo though so. yes there is is there yeah supposed to be oh supposed to be like 50 50 probably yeah. 
We also like, I didn't realize this, but Ian said the other day, like you have to quarantine after going to Vegas and then you're going to be quarantined during Christmas. Oh, when you when we come back, you mean? Yeah. 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 What do you mean? Yeah. Just like, let's all sit alone in our homes on Christmas. Well, we can all quarantine together. Can't we see each other? I don't want to be with you for two weeks, but like, can we like, can can't, we, though. we have to be and then like all our families, like what? So we should all just stay somewhere. We should just stay somewhere in the States. We have to have Christmas yeah. in the States. Yeah, we'll all just go Christmas in Hawaii all together. Yeah, anyways, wrap this up. Yeah. Um, you guys good? Not, nothing more to say? I'm good. You're good. Cool. Doug, you good? No. Doug's got a lot to say, but we don't have any time, sadly. So we'll have to bring him <laughs> on for another episode. So thanks everyone for listening. Thanks Ian for joining today. And peace out. Bye.